Hello and welcome to Sermons from First Press, a weekly podcast from the First Presbyterian Church of Ann Arbor, Michigan. Let us pray. Living God, help us to hear your holy word with open hearts so that we may truly understand, and understanding that we may believe, and believing that we may follow in all faithfulness and obedience, seeking your honor and glory in all that we do. Through Christ our Lord, amen. The scripture reading for today comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 66, verses 10 through 14. Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her, all you who love her. Rejoice with her in joy, all you who mourn over her, that you may nurse and be satisfied from from her consoling breast, that you may drink deeply with delight from her glorious bosom. For thus says the Lord, I will extend prosperity to her like a river and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream and you shall nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knees. As a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. You shall see and your heart shall rejoice. Your bodies shall flourish like the grass and it shall be known that the hand of the Lord is with his servants and his indignation is against his enemies. This is the word of the Lord. Our second scripture reading for this morning comes from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 10, verses 1 through 11 and 16 through 20. Let us listen for what God has to say to us in these words. After this, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them on ahead of him in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go. He said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go on your way. See, I am sending you out like lambs into the midst of wolves. Carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whenever house you enter, first say, peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. Do not move about from house to house, Whenever you enter a town and its people welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick who are there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not welcome you, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off in protest against you. Yet know this, the kingdom of God has come near. Whoever listens to you listens to me, and whoever rejects you rejects me, and whoever rejects me rejects me, the one who sent me. The seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, in your name, even the demons submit to us. 
He said to them, I watched Satan fall from heaven like a flash of lightning. See, I have given you authority to tread on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice at this, that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. It is a dangerous business, Frodo, going out of your door. You step onto the road, and if you don't keep your feet, there's no knowing where you might be swept off to. These are words from Bilbo Baggins to his nephew Frodo Baggins as he sets off on his journey in The Lord of the Rings. I would guess that most of you, many of you, are familiar with J.R.R. Tolkien's novel or perhaps Peter Jackson's film adaptations. And my father certainly made sure that I was familiar with both the movies and the novels growing up. And thanks to the wise counsel of my mother, I am not named after a dwarf or a hobbit. <laughs> but <laughs> for those who may not be as familiar, the epic fantasy series does center around these small and unassuming hobbits who end up playing a pivotal role in a wild and dangerous world that Tolkien created in Middle-earth. And Frodo's uncle Bilbo warns that it is a dangerous business stepping out of your door. You don't always know where that journey is going to send you and what lies ahead on the way. And as we continue to wind our way, Jesus sends out his disciples and he warns them too that it is a dangerous business dealing with the unknowns that lies ahead. Jesus says that he is sending them out as lambs into the midst of lions, or into the midst of wolves, not lions. And so as we continue to wind our way through our summer theme, even when it's dangerous, we recognize that we are beloved. And we think about these stories of belonging, believing, and becoming. We come to July and we contemplate stories of believing. In our summer book read, Searching for Sunday, Rachel Held Evans talked about her own journey with Christianity. And at one point she remarked that Christianity isn't meant to be simply be believed. It's meant to be lived, shared, eaten, spoken, and enacted in the presence of other people. They reminded me that as, try as I may, I can't be Christian on my own. I need a community. I need the church. Rachel, at times in her own journey, struggled with believing struggled with her own understanding of what Christianity meant to be. But she definitely, here in these words, struck at something that is central to what believing in the gospel means. Believing means to live and to act, to embody the way that Jesus taught us, even if at times it is dangerous. She also makes it clear to us that it is part of the Christian faith to do so with other people. Jesus sends out the 70 in pairs, not alone, and to towns and houses with other people, not to the wilderness. And so we live out our beliefs, and we do so as a church and as a community where we enact our belief in the gospel, where we take part in this journey, much in the same way that the 70 are sent out on their journey, possibly not knowing where we or they will be swept off to, or exactly who or what we or they will encounter on the way.
But I do trust that the 70, even if they were afraid, they believed. They believe that they are going on a journey as beloved of Jesus, as beloved children of God, believing even despite that dire warning of lambs in the midst of wolves. They live out their faith. The 70 are sent, and we're told they are sent to heal the sick and to preach that the kingdom of God has come near. And they return with joy, because not only do we imagine that they have healed and preached, but they have even demons have submitted to their authority under the name of Jesus. This is not a small task. They believed and they showed that in the way that they lived, by stepping out, by being sent. And this is part of what it means to be a follower of Jesus, to embark on a new journey, to be sent out, even with all of this uncertainty and danger. But sometimes that is the exact call that is being placed upon our lives, being sent out, journeying, unknowing, realizing we may get swept off to new and unknown places. Certainly, when I signed up to be a pastoral resident here at First Presbyterian Church of Ann Arbor, I didn't know exactly what I was getting myself into. And it has, despite all of the interesting times, been a wonderful (laughs) and exciting time as a part of my journey. And all of us are on our own journeys, stepping out of our doors, being sent by Jesus, and traveling along the way as individuals and pairs, as a community, and as the church. Jesus sends us out on a new adventure to live out our beliefs, even though we may not know exactly what we are getting ourselves into, even if there are times where it may feel like it's a dangerous business. Leaving the comfort of our large group, the 70 had been sent out in pairs, given simple instructions to carry no purse, no bag, no sandals, to greet one another, no one on the road, to enter a house and to speak peace to that house. And when that peace remained and was reciprocated, that is where the peace will rest. Heal the sick, proclaim the kingdom of God has come near, speak peace. Live out the ministry of Jesus Christ. That is what the 70 are given. While it sounds a little simple because there's not a lot there in terms of number of steps, the steps themselves are terrifying because it is a lot. And yet that is the call that is on our lives and what God is doing with our lives, calling us to these new adventures, to step out of our own doors, to live out the ministry of Jesus Christ. Now being sent is just one of the ways that we can live out our belief because life is a journey and there are many stages and steps to it. So perhaps we are not, do not find ourselves as part of the 70 who are sent. Perhaps instead at this time in our journey, we are placed alongside the one who sends. As the body of Christ, we do continue the ministry of Jesus, and a part of that ministry is to send people out. First Pres does have a great history of sending people out, sending out residents of cohorts who have been with you for a few years, young adult volunteers, mission teams, 
We have folks who collect food at the big house down the road, who go to Cass in Detroit, and even to the Philippines. And those are just to name a few of the places where this church sends people out to. We send out because Jesus send us, sent us out to preach the kingdom of God, to speak peace, to make God's love visible in our world. Perhaps at this time in our lives, we are the ones to whom God is sending people, and we are being called to welcome them warmly into our midst as they speak peace to us. As First Pres begins to onboard several new staff people, along with a new cohort of residents in the fall, as new students arrive at the university and people of all ages visit our doors, can we do so with open arms and hospitality, recognizing the peace that they bring to us and allowing it to rest in and among us? And I believe that we do that when we are honest and when we are truthful and when we are warm and welcoming of all people. So whether we are sending, receiving, or being sent ourselves, we do so with our grounding in Jesus, believing and living as ones who share in the peace of Christ. When I think about the peace of Christ, I am reminded of a line from the movie Cool Runnings. Cool Runnings is based on the true story of the first Jamaican bobsled team. And as they are deciding on the name for their sled, they land on Cool Runnings. And when asked what that means, the main character says, Cool Runnings means peace be the journey. I believe that peace is a critical component of our calling. That is why Jesus sent out the 70 to first speak peace to this house. And when that peace is accepted and welcomed, it will rest there. And it will not go away. It will remain with them. And so it is both part of our sending and it is part of how we receive others. Because peace is part of the Christian journey. Not a passive peace that merely is an absence of violence, but a peace that is a true presence of harmony and justice. A realization of God's great love and of the kingdom of God the kind of peace that Christ is sending us to share to this house and to all houses, peace. Peace that surpasses all understanding will keep our hearts and our minds safe in Christ Jesus as we are reminded in the epistle to the Philippians. And so as we believe and as we live as God's beloved, Regardless of where we find ourselves on our journey, we do so with peace, knowing that even if it is a dangerous business to step out of our front doors, the journey is exciting, and it is what God calls us to do. And we can trust that God's peace remains with us, and we are not alone, because God will always be with us. Holy God, we remember that you so loved the world that you gave your only son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. And we remember that Jesus dwelled among us. Born of Mary, he was a friend, teacher, and rabbi. He laughed with us, cried with us, and he ate at a table with us. 
And Christ also suffered the sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, in order to bring us to you, God. He was put to death in the flesh, but made alive into the Spirit. According to his commandment, we, we remember, remember his, his death, we, we proclaim his resurrection, we await his coming in glory. God of grace and glory, send us the Holy Spirit to be among us. Pour out your spirit on these gifts. Wheat ground into flour, baked into bread. Grapes crushed into juice. Bread and juice, body and life. Broken in Jesus' name. To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. For pursuing peace and seeking justice. In this meal, we proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Who came to bring good news to the poor to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. In this meal, we are given a foretaste of your kingdom, where you will wipe every tear from our eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. As we live into your kingdom, we are bold to pray the prayer that Jesus taught us by saying, our, Our Father, Father heaven, in heaven, heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Thanks for worshiping with us. For more information, visit us on the web at www.firstpresbyterian.org or send an email to info at firstpresbyterian.org. See you next week for another sermon from First Press.